How does God work in our world? How does he bring about his purposes on our planet? This is Tuesday, October 4th, and we're continuing in our study that we've called Engage. Now, that question I asked was a thorny and difficult question for the Jewish people as they were coming to know God. And here's why. God is a spirit. He does not have a physical body or physical presence like we do. Of course, he's far greater than us and greater than our entire universe. He fills all things. Yes, the ancients believed that God is so immense that he had a big problem when he created our world. How can he get out of the way to make room for anything else? In the beginning, only he exists. And so how can he make room for anything else to exist when he fills all things? He had, in a sense, to create a void, a place for his creation. And then if he does this, and this is what he did, how will he come to work in that world? How can his purposes be accomplished there? Okay, I know this is a lot of questions, and maybe these are questions you haven't even considered before. To help us understand this, I want to head to our scripture passage for today. This is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 15 to 18. Therefore, watch yourselves very carefully, since you saw no form on the day that the Lord spoke to you at Horeb out of the midst of the fire. Beware, lest you act corruptly by making a carved image for yourselves in the form of any figure, the likeness of male or female, the likeness of any animal that is on the earth, the likeness of every, any winged bird that flies in the air, the likeness of anything that creeps on the ground, the likeness of any fish that is in the water under the earth. Now, these words were spoken to Moses and all the Hebrews, when they were in the wilderness after they met God on the holy mountain, Mount Sinai. Notice what God says. They know he was present with them, but, well, they didn't see anyone. God took no form because, as we learned, he doesn't have a body like we do. So God gave a strict warning to his people about making representations of him. What kind of representations? Well, the only thing we can make our, in our world are copies of what's in the creation, because we don't know what the Lord looks like. And the Lord himself appeared, well, maybe as a fire cloud, because, well, you can't make a carved image of a cloud or of a fire. You just wouldn't do that. So though God is living and active and eternal and all-powerful, he doesn't just show up for people to see. He never does this because... That's not who he is. And without a physical presence, how is the Lord going to work in our physical world? The world he had to get out of the way to make room for. Yes, at this point, we would talk about miracles and providence. And it's true. God did at times interrupt human events through miracles. But even then, we don't see God. We only see what God is doing. These are episodic. That means they just happen every now and then, and then they're over. They come to an end. So the Lord divided the sea so the Hebrews could escape Pharaoh's army. The Lord provided manna in the wilderness. And yes, God continues to act in these ways in our world, but we don't see him in the process. We see what he's done. But God also uses providence. That is, he guides the events of history, and he provides for the sustaining of our world. And he does do these things. 
And yes, also the Lord sends prophets to bring us his messages. The Lord does all of this. But is that all? Here is the opening of the book of Hebrews that we read on Sunday from the New Testament. Chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the power of his word. (laughs) Now, I think it's good if we're sitting down when we think about this, because the God whose glory fills all things, the God who made room for his creation, this God has entered into the creation, our world, in person. Beforehand, the Lord sent messengers, messengers and messages, and he worked through circumstances. But now God is to come to reveal who he is and to advance and fulfill his kingdom in the world. This is the greatest thing to ever happen in our world. Greater than the creation itself and greater than the resurrection too. To think that God would and could take on human flesh and become a human being like us. We could spend all our days exploring this miracle and the truth of it and all that we learn about God in the process, and we would never get past the appetizer to the second course of the meal. But suffice it to say that here God gives us the key to his plan, to making his word, his mission, become flesh and blood in our world, to fulfilling all of his purposes. And I'm going to get ahead of myself right now, because we don't have time to explore all of this today, But this is also the key to his word becoming flesh in you and you joining the mission of God in Christ that he's extended to you. Yes, that's what Jesus tells his disciples is happening in them as we will look at going forward. But for today, rest in the glory of who God is and that he has come among us. He's become one of us that he might fulfill his plan to redeem us and our world. Let's pray. Faithful God, we cannot see you, but we see your glory in the face of Jesus. We see your love, your faithfulness, and your grace in him. Help us to rest in all that you are, for we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.